Hey everyone, welcome to the Girlish Podcast. This is the second part of our two-part interview with the wonderful Corey Ray. Corey is a trans activist, the first trans prom queen, and a columnist for Stylecaster. We genuinely were so happy to have her on. It was such an incredible experience being able to sit down and hear her stories and everything that she had to say. If you haven't listened to episode one, it is currently live now in all streaming platforms, so please go check that out. And a big thank you to Corey for being able to be on the show with us. If you haven't, go follow her on Instagram at I'm Corey Ray. She's honestly such a delight and a beautiful person. We really, really love her to death. So with that being said, we're jumping into today's episode. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy. I, I often get a lot of questions from people who are pre-transition, um, who are in a relationship and they have no idea like what to do and how to tell their, their partner or their significant other. And I've even been in a situation where I was like in a long-term relationship with someone in high school. Um, it felt like such a big deal then. It was like a year and a half uh, relationship. And it felt like such a big deal. And I was uh, pre-transition and I just didn't know how to sp- like come out to them. I didn't know how to do it. And finally, when I did, they reacted negatively. They um, put a lot of pressure on me, put a lot of guilt on me. And all understood, especially because they just weren't, they were, they were caught off guard. They just didn't understand what it meant. They didn't know if that affected their sexuality, my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so like a lot of times you really can't, you know, expect the world from people specifically if you know if it's like a southern town where no one's going to know all the details so i think that's why it's important to continuously talk about trans individuals and spread awareness of who we are as people but when you whenever you're going into a relationship i do think or you're you're going into dating, i do think that it is important to be vocal right off the bat so people can understand or even do the research pre going into uh, the, the the relationship aspect of of you and i'm fortunate enough for for i i started seeing someone my current girlfriend before transitioning i had told her we were friends and um even though she knew i was trans we still dated and um she helped me through my transition my whole process and we've both been very very um close we've been together for four years since and honestly like the, one of the biggest supporters throughout my transition and so i'm very fortunate in that where i met someone you know, going before my transition, going through it, she was there to help me through all the, the hardest parts, you know, the, the, the darkest days of the whole process. And she was honestly the best support system I could have. So I'm really fortunate about that. I've never had to deal with dating apps. Or I never had to deal with, you know, meeting someone and being afraid to tell them. But it is scary. Um, and I know Gage specifically has, you know, been on apps and, and how that whole process has affected her. And it's been, you know, pretty tough. Yeah. How has that affected you? I mean, how is date were dating apps harder or easier for you? Do you feel? So I like now, obviously I am thankful to be in a relationship. So I don't have to deal with that anymore because it was definitely a headache. Um, I would say I did most of my dating probably in my sophomore, junior year of college. Um, so yeah, I was on dating apps. I was on Tinder, all those types of things. And it was hard. I would get, you know, like a good amount of people matching with me, but also I would get those people who would match with me at, just to say something transphobic to me or something homophobic or say something stupid or ask me mm. an invasive question that they did not need to be asking me at that time. Right. And even the people that were interested in me 
they were asking me like really invasive questions as well. And I've never really been the type of person that gets offended when somebody asks me a question because I try to discern whether or not they're coming from a place of, you know, maliciousness or if they're yeah, trying malice, to yeah. learn something. Yeah. So I've always kind of been able to discern whether or not they are trying to be hateful or something. So, but it did get tiring, like mashing with someone. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, so like, when did you start this whole process? Like, yeah. like we've said multiple times, we don't really want to talk about that all the time. You want to talk about your interests and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I always had trans in my bio whenever I was on Tinder. And I actually did like a social experiment a couple of years ago where I would have the same exact profile, same pictures, same area. And I would just take out that I'm trans from my bio. And I got like 2000 matches over, I think it was a span of two weeks without having trans in my bio. <laughs> and then when I added trans, it went down to like 200. Yeah. So like, almost 2,000 people unmatched with me or choose, chose not to match with me because I was mm -hmm. trans. Mm -hmm. And like, if you think about it, it really just goes back to basic education on what gender and sexuality are because chances are a lot of these people could have still been attracted to me, but they saw that I was trans and immediately changed their mind because either they were worried about the stigma that comes along with dating yeah. a trans woman or yeah. are scared about what their family is going to think or their yeah. friends or yeah. am I gay? What does that mean for me? Yeah. So it I'll really, yeah, it goes to show like it really has little to do with the attraction because there, there are undoubtedly lots of straight men who are attracted to trans women because trans women are beautiful just as regular or not regular, just cis women are. But like, it's just, that whole trans journey is what scares a lot of people away. And I think hopefully we go in a direction where men don't feel <clears throat> like their masculinity is under a microscope for dating well, a trans a, woman. Yeah. It's just a lack of um, understanding and education and be giving and being given the tools. I am not in a relationship and I am trying to date. And a couple of years ago, my friend Whitney I had I went to her one night after this date with this guy that I'd been on a couple dates with. There was, you know, no um we hadn't had sex or anything. We'd like kissed a couple times and we had this great, incredible connection and we were on a date and long, long, long story short, I said, How do you feel about LGBT rights? Well, he said, I'm fine with everything but the tea. I said, Why don't you like tea? He goes, You can't just be a man one day and the woman the next. You're born with XX or XY chromosome. I mean, he went, he did his whole dumb spiel and in that moment I was like oh my god this guy who who I didn't meet over an app who I did meet in person who we did lead with our chemistry and our natural connection I still at the end of the conversation couldn't you know change his mind and I went to my friend Wit and I said and I told her this and she's like Corey he's gonna go home and he will never think of a trans woman the same way and in that way you've done your job but there and then I realized I could not judge him for not knowing and not having the tools and education and experiences to give him that well-rounded um, uh, perception of a trans woman. But then after you're given all that, you can decide to be a good person or not. And he wasn't a good person yeah, at the end of that. But I do understand, like I go in with a very, very big understanding of where all these people are coming from. I'm very much so the first time a, a man or anyone has met or matched with a trans woman. 
But at the same time, I just want you to like me for me and the little mm-hmm. wifey inside of me, not because I'm yeah. trans, a woman of trans experience, because, you know, we're a match. That's why I want you to like me or not like me because we're not a match. But it shouldn't be about my past. I mean, that's like saying, oh, I don't like that you were adopted or were bulimic or Mm -hmm. used to self-harm. I mean, there's so many, it's like, you don't like this one tiny thing about me. So you're just going to give, you know what I mean? So that's how I feel. I'm like, this is part of my experience as a woman, but I'm not less of a woman. And I find dating is really, really, really hard now. And it sucks. It just, it sucks. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I know so many trans women can like go through the hardest times with dating and it and it feels so like it feels like, you know, things can't move in the direction you want them and and you don't and you don't really know why. And like is it part of your transition? Is your transition the big part of it? Like 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 but you also want to be proud with your transition. And I'm, I'm sure that there's like this like inner conflict that comes with like dating and, you know, you want to be happy for yourself. You want to love yourself as much as you can. And you also want to, but you, but you want, but you're, you, it's okay. I think to be frustrated with, you know, aspects of, you know, the transition process. And I don't think it's necessarily being trans, but the, how people view trans people or, or how society has, you know, built this idea of what a trans person is. But I also liked what you were saying earlier about how, um, it's really, you know, a lot of times we we see people who get very emotional over someone's reaction towards a trans person, especially someone who isn't really educated on it. And I think it's it's very important for us to to like not shut off people who don't understand, because you know every person in the world is not going to truly know every inch and every detail about the about trans individuals, about the label, about everything that goes behind it, about the trans politics, about what to say and what not to say. I think a lot of times we can put a lot of pressure on people who have who aren't a part of the community, who have no idea. And I think the best thing to do um, is educate. And like you said, like it's it's on them now. Like once you once you pass that torch, once you give them that opportunity, it's on them now to decide if they're going to be the good person or not. And I, I really like how you said that because, because a lot of times I, I you know, I, I think it's okay for people to mess up. I think it's so okay for people not to understand, but um, if they continuously choose to, you know, degrade you or to feel a certain way about you without truly, you know, putting in the effort to educate themselves or hear you out, then I think that's then on them. And I think that's where the issue probably really, really lies. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting time. I feel like, and I've been told twice this summer that I'm, a, I'm before my time, but in a way, I mean, I'm not, I'm right where I'm supposed to be, but it's an interesting time in general because as a young person in my twenties, I'm caught in this weird world of kids transitioning and becoming really happy and being really well supported. And also the older generation of still feeling um, stigmatized. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough position to be in, but my takeaways are always the fact that I'm educating people regardless of how it turns out. But I do feel like so many men that, um, are genuinely interested and attracted to me. And I, and when we meet or, or not meet, but still have a chemistry online or in person, um, I'm not given that fair opportunity. 
And that's, I think, what hurts at the end of the day is that I know who I am and my worth and what I can give to a, a relationship. And I feel like it's always cut short or just um, I'm not given that op- that same opportunity. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, woe is me. It just kind of is that weeding out process. And uh, whoever that guy is going to be for me is it's going to be that much more incredible. And that's exciting. Yeah. And it is hard to kind of like open yourself up to a person, not even discussing like your past or your trans identity or anything. And you really do have such a genuine and good connection. And then once that comes out, it's over. And it's sad because that's like you were saying, that's such a tiny part of how we experience life and what we've gone through. And to just throw everything away because of that one tiny factor. I mean, it might not be tiny in some cases. It might be a conversation, obviously, to be had between the two of you. But like, yeah, like an automatic, like, I don't want to see you anymore. I don't want to talk to you. Nothing after that. I think that it sucks because like you're basically throwing away this opportunity to not only further your relationship with this person, but also just learn, like learn about a topic that you don't know about. And even if you don't end up dating this person in the future, you have these new tools to be able to navigate through the world and talk to other trans people and be educated. So I think it's just, it's kind of a cop out, but at the same time, I understand if that's something that you want to dive in deeper and have a deeper conversation about. But a lot of the times we don't even get that opportunity to have the conversation. Yeah. And I think there's so much going on in that person's mind. Like we've said, what does this mean for me? I mean, all the textbook stuff that we think about, but, you know, also maybe just the the not wanting to offend. So not wanting to reach out later on and keep asking questions and learn because they don't want to come off. You know, I'm just, I'm just thinking here of all the ways that could go through these people's lives. For instance, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I met this <laughs> back in back in April. I met this guy at Coachella. We had a great, awesome connection. We went on a couple of dates back in LA, and um, the trans thing wasn't the biggest factor for him in us not working. It was the fact that he just wasn't in a place to date, and neither really was I. And it kind of just fizzled. I kind of I didn't ghost him, but he was like, kept hitting me up and I was in Mexico. And then he's like, I keep wanting, he wanted to see me. And then, so when I was like, okay, let's hang out Wednesday, he kind of like freaked out and he was like, well, I don't want a relationship. And I was just like, okay, not dealing with this yeah. bleep loop, not responding. And then I ran into him two weeks ago and or a week ago and we were having this conversation and it was going really well. And then he said to me, I was fine with it. But then after talking with my friends and I'm like, oh my God, here we go. And it was after talking to my friends, I just realized I don't want to date anything other than woman. And I have never in my life gotten up from a chair so quickly. And I was like, bitch, I am a woman because I say I'm a woman. And I don't care what you have that idea of as a woman, but my divine feminine is this. And I am woman. And he's like, no, you misheard me. I go, no, you called me other woman. I did not mishear you. He's like, Corey, come on. And then tries to like hug me and like control me with his hug. And I was like, do not touch me. Like, do not try to 
uh, lessen my emotions around what you just said or make me feel like I misheard you, that I'm now misunderstood. Like you called me other woman. And he's like, but you're ahead of your time. And I was like, I, I'm not going to do this with you. And he goes, well, why are you being so dramatic? I go, I'm not being dramatic. These are my genuine uh, reactions to you calling me other. And he's like, I don't know what to say, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you can deal with your own sensitive male ego. I'm too good for this. And I walked out of the situation. And it's things like this that in hindsight are so empowering. But then I go home and I have a breakdown. And it sucks. Same thing I was – I made the mistake of entertaining my neighbor (laughs) uh, who was really cute. And we started to like hang out. And one night we were watching a movie and after the movie stopped, like, you know, you know, when you're like falling in lust, even with someone and everything just seems like so perfect and aligning and exactly what you want out of someone, whether it be a hookup buddy or a relationship. And we had such an incredible time together and connection and in us hooking up and me talking about being a trans, like there was just this switch and it was bad. And I had to like go home a couple feet to my apartment and have this breakdown because this guy is still not getting it, you know? And now he's my neighbor, but I put that on myself. You know, I was like, why would I shit where I eat? But you know, it's so wild that like even the strongest of connections can be outweighed by either a friend then putting in their opinion or, them getting nervous about sex. I mean, it's just, there's so much, again, to say the word unpack, but to unpack about this trans experience in, in every aspect of life. But dating is, is the most interesting to me. And, um, unfortunately the hardest, um, area of my life thus far. Yeah. It's definitely, that's so badass. Yeah, no, honestly, that's literally, I think you did everything right in that situation. And, it's such a good story to tell because I think it just shows how strong you are. And it's it's definitely an emotional moment where, yeah, it is kind of those like, um, kind of like contrasting feelings where you feel so powerful in the moment because you know who you are, you know, your identity, you, you like, all you know is you and you know nothing better than yourself. And, but then also yeah. being invalidated almost in a sense by, by someone who like hits you in such a sensitive area that's like almost questioning everything you know about yourself. And so that like that, those moments can be literally the, the toughest moments. And I mean, I've been in there where like, I, I've like, um, and it could be like accidental slip ups too. If like, like I'm in a relationship with someone and let's say something happens where like I'm around her and she misgenders me, which like it barely happens. But like if it were to happen, like even on her own accident, just like, like the comfort that I thought I knew everything just feels like it, it just crumbles in that moment. And so, yeah. and so it's kind of like that play on like where it's you, everything that you're so comfortable with, all that you, you feel in your heart, like it's, it's questioned and, and, and it does hurt. And I'm really sorry that that happened to you. That sounds absolutely horrible. And I honestly hate men. <laughs> I know men are I'm really, <laughs> I'm really getting sick of these men, I have to say. But um, a- another point to add to that though, is that I feel like the person for me or the people for me are going to immediately not be scared, but interested in learning more 
and open to learning more because that's the type of person that I want. I don't need to, I don't want to convince someone. I want someone who is so proud of what I have accomplished as a woman um, and, and where I've come and my journey and not only is accepting of it and understands it, but is proud of it. I want someone who's, who's proud of me. And I think I am, I have a very high pedestal of what I want out of a relationship because when I was in my senior year of college, I was in a wonderful relationship with an incredible man. Um, and the reason why we broke up was just because we were going to be uh, long distance and it wasn't going to work um, in his eyes. And he had no idea I was trans and did not know I was trans until almost a year after we broke up. And I was creating my website and I was thought I was writing a book, which became the first um, blog post of mine. And I called him and I said, I really need, I said, I really need to talk to you about something. And he's like, okay. And I told him I was trans and he said, well, that doesn't change anything for me. And him saying that has always put every single guy I'll ever go on a date with on a pedestal. I mean, it puts him on a pedestal. Um, and it's not that I compare everyone to him, but that reaction is what I want. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult because I, the first time I had to do it, I had the best possible reaction. So I don't want anything other than that plus more, you know, and I don't know what it would have been like with him and I, if we had been dating, which I asked him, I was like, well, your reaction's so great now, but if we were dating and I told you, what would it have been? He said, Corey, I, I don't know. I can't go back and think that way, but at least he gave me that response that every woman should have. So it puts a lot of pressure on me now because I've had it so great that I want that again. And for me, it's worth holding out on and I don't want to have to keep over explaining my life to try to make it okay for them and for their family and for their friends. I just want it to be great. I want it to be like, oh, you're trans. How beautiful. So we're working on it. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, I know I personally went through a period where dating was not going very well. And I questioned like, am I ever going to find somebody who will be able to accept me as being trans. And, you know, I kind of started to feel like maybe I will just live my entire life single and I won't find that person. And yeah. luckily I did in the most random way. But it also goes into the fact that just because we're trans doesn't mean we shouldn't have standards. Like I have like sh rejected a guy on Tinder before and he basically told me that I shouldn't be picky because right. they're not a lot of people that are going right. to accept me for being trans. And I was like, first of all, like I don't need to have low standards just because I'm trans. I deserve mm -hmm. the best for myself, regardless of if I'm trans or not, like I can still have those high standards. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to date you, then I'm not going to date you. I'm not going right. to get a pity date because I'm trans. Right. So I think that's also important that we set standards for ourselves and not think that just because we're trans, that means that we deserve less of a relationship or less of a man or less of a woman. Like Right. That we're we desperate. We're just yeah. desperate to be in a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. We're not desperate. We deserve 
literally the best, somebody that will give us everything that we deserve to have. So I just think I, I really do admire the fact that you are holding out for that one person that will give you 100% of what you deserve because a lot of people, you know, try to tell us that we don't deserve it, but we actually do. We do. But did you feel like, like another part of me is I'm nervous because I don't want to be fetishized. Exactly. Um, and that's a big problem with me is I don't trust now that I'm not being used as a fetish because guys, as we know, are very good at putting on and presenting as if everything's fine, but they just want to fuck a hot trans girl and see yeah. what it's like and then not talk to me again. But of course, in conversation, that is the opposite of what they're saying. So it's it's hard. It's it's a very, very, very difficult thing to navigate because I don't want to be sexualized or uh, fetishized or kink. Mm-hmm. And we actually did an episode on fetishization. And like one of the top searches for porn is trans porn. So it's funny like that this is literally at the top, but there are so many people that are like, ew, gross, like would never do that. But if you look at their search history, you know, you might be surprised at what they see. But it's like you really do like from with my boyfriend specifically, my trans identity never really comes into conversation unless we're having a conversation about something that makes me uncomfortable or me being dysphoric about a certain body part or like what he should or shouldn't do to make me uncomfortable. Other than that, we rarely ever talk about me being trans unless it's to talk about like an opportunity for a sponsorship or the podcast or my YouTube channel. Like it's not something that's constantly being talked about. And I think, I don't know, it might be true in other cases, but if you find a person that doesn't really constantly bring it up or constantly talk about the fact that, you know, like, are you going to get surgery eventually? Like, you know, I, I'm happy with the way that your body is now. Like that's kind of when you get into the territory of possibly a person fetishizing you because they prefer the way that your body looks now and don't necessarily care about what's best for your mental health. They only want you to remain the way that makes them the most happy, I guess. So it's more of like a selfish thing is when I feel like you start to go down that road. Yeah. That's very interesting. Fetishization is like so like, it's the strangest and I don't know, it's the weirdest thing to me. And and like I like yesterday I got a DM from a guy who was like, um, you're the most beautiful um tea woman I've ever seen. Like, like, you know, congrats on all like, you know, all of your happiness or whatever. And it's like, I what what was the point of sending me that? Like, what was the point of, you know, specifically saying that I was trans and specifically talking about that? And, you know, I've been, I'm, Gage and I both, you know, we've, we've made YouTube videos. Um, we have a small following in there and the amount of comments that we, we get that just sexualize us. I announced that I, I wanted to get bottom surgery and I got a million like emails from just random men saying, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You're perfect the way you are. Don't get any type of surgery. And it's, and it, and it was, uh, it's the most frustrating thing. Cause it almost feels like when you're in those situations and I can't imagine dating, just like being so worried about that. It feels like your body doesn't belong to you anymore. Like at that moment, like someone is taking control over, over your body and, and viewing it in a way that you're not allowing them to view it. And it's always, it's, exactly. yeah, it's terrifying to be able to just to put yourself out there and to, to be like, I don't know, worried about how other people are going to see you. I had an encounter with 
a chaser early on in my transition who came to my work and asked me what time I got off. And so I thought he was making small talk and I told him 5 p.m. And like six hours later, he shows up at 5 p.m. and asks, like, just like in the creepiest way, like trying to like, you know, take me home with him. And it was like, it was, and it was early on in my transition and turned out he had gone to another trans coworker of mine and done the same thing to her. So he was specifically like targeting us. And it's, and it's always a scary thing. And who was he? He was a chaser? Yeah, yeah, a trans chaser. Like someone who, oh. who specifically like looks out or seeks or fetishizes right, trans right. individuals. And um, it, it was it was such mm. a, an odd experience. That's scary. Yeah, because like you don't know the intention behind it. You don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And so I can Im- imagine how fearful you must be when it comes to dating and, and knowing like what do these men want out of my relationship, especially if you're being so vocal about your transition. Like, do they want to get to know you more because they're actually invested in you or they invested in your transition? Yeah. And also it's like, how much can I, or can I not talk about my transition? Is this going to freak them out? Like, I mean, there's just so much baby photo. I mean, the amount of things that I think about with all of this is wild. And I think it's because I haven't had that relationship um, as an open out trans woman that I, I just don't know yet. But for me, I think about like all of those aspects and also, you just don't know about a person. Like you said, you don't know the intent. So it, it, it's scary because it could be months of them acting like everything's fine before you find out the truth. I don't know. It's it's very, very, very um, murky waters, I guess. So I think a big thing that has affected the community for like, especially the past few years and um, specifically for me, I'm from Gainesville, Florida. I live, I've been living in Florida for almost my entire life. And so um, a few years ago, um, Pulse happened and it was a very dramatic thing that really shaked or shook up and affected the community or the whole community around me. And it was a terrifying thing. You know, a lot of people were like personally affected. A lot of people I knew, I used to be, be really involved in a lot of pride communities in the on the University of Florida campus. And just to see the emotion that like that lived with these people for like years and years and years and and just how like, you know, their best friend was in Pulse and how they lost people they knew. And it, it's really kind of almost like so terrifying just to, to think that that, you know, situation can happen, that you could be in a place where you feel safe in a place that. Um, you know, you, you're expressing yourself, you feel like you, you are truly able to be yourself. And then knowing that, you know, people, someone who doesn't agree with like you, who you are and your identity and everything about you can just come in and do what um, the person and the, the, the murderer at Pulse did. And so I just kind of wanted to get your feelings and thoughts on, on like violence for this community and, and Pulse in general and your connection with it, because I've done some research and I know you have, you know, some personal feelings about Pulse. And yeah, I just really would love to know your overall thoughts about the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, Pulse for me was uh, really the turning point in coming out publicly because it was the first attack on the LGBT community um, that I felt in recent years. I mean, I lived very close to New York city. So nine 11 was like the biggest attack I had ever felt. And it hit 
quite personally, a lot of people in our town. And when Pulse happened, that those feelings came up for me again, but I was an adult. And I felt like that was the first big attack on my personal community, but I was not out yet. I hadn't even identified with being trans. So to see that such hate could um, come for our community. I mean, we always knew that it was there, but to see it come into fruition, unfortunately, in in such a terrorizing and and horrific way, um, it affected me because I saw what could happen to me and I didn't want that to ever happen again. And so I realized that if I wasn't going to do anything about it. There might not ever be anyone else who would do anything about it. And Caitlin had just come out and, and is very much so a, a, an older uh, stigmatized version of what we see as a trans, a trans woman. And I just wanted to show that we can, that trans people can be happy and successful and supported. And that came from a tragedy. And I didn't let that scare me and 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 make me go further deep into this you know closet so to speak but it made me want to come out it made me want to um protect and i took what was i know i mentioned before i i was writing this i don't know if it was the first chapter of a book or the book itself or whatever it was but i took my writings and paired it with um, a website that I was making that was supposed to be just like a model portfolio online. And I meshed them together. And that's how CoreyRay.com came to be. And that's how my first blog post allowed me to reintroduce myself came to be. It was, okay, this happened. It's horrible. And I don't want something like this to happen again. So let me make an example out of myself. Yeah. I kind of have a similar experience. Like, as you mentioned, despite how sad the whole situation was, um, it kind of showed me like a lot of these people that died in Pulse were so young and they didn't have an opportunity to go through life and to experience all of their ambitions and their dreams and find love and all that type of stuff. And I didn't want to be in a position where my life could have ended at any moment. You don't know what's going to happen in life. Like Things are so random and so sporadic. So I didn't want to go through my life and end up as a 60-year-old and regret not living to my fullest potential as a young adult. Mm. Or I didn't want something to happen to me that could prohibit me from fulfilling my true identity and being my true self. So it really was a push for me to kind of come out. And what I was talking about was that I had a conversation with a person about Pulse and I was basically talking about how it was so sad for me because it was the biggest attack on the LGBT community and all that type of stuff. And they basically stopped for a second and they were like, well, technically this person could have walked into any club and shot up anybody. So it's not really about the LGBT community. It's more about just like people dying. And yeah, I was like taken aback. I was like, that's true. Like this could have happened to any." anyone it could have happened to a straight club or whatever it does yeah it did happen but at the same time like this was a targeted attack right on a gay nightclub right you can't tell me that the person that walked in there did not know what type of club this was so this was a targeted attack and you're right it could have happened to anybody but in this specific instance this was one of the largest shootings in american history and it was an attack on the lgbt community that's a fact right and it wasn't 
just a thing of chance. So that also like sparked a fire in me. Like these people like don't even recognize this as a, an attack on the trans community. They, they just see it as a shooting. Mm. And although it is like a shooting, there's another, there's a deeper layer to yeah. that and that it was an attack on the trans community, the gay community, the bi community, everybody in the trans community or in the LGBT community. So the fact that people were not are hesitant to acknowledge that was like a really big sign as where we were as a community. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a little like upset hearing that. I mean, yeah, that person who sounds a little in. ignorant, but um, I, I think that maybe that person was just really ill-informed. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, and it's not that people hit that. I mean, people literally reported like this is a, a hate crime. This is an attack yeah. on like a specific calculated attack. I don't know. That person bless that person's soul. I don't know. I hope. Yeah. I hope bless their heart. It is such a difficult situation because like you guys said, like, like it was so, it was an, almost an empowering thing where it really pushed you to be as vocal and as, as like, you know, um, uh, expressive in your transition as possible because you wanted to stand up for who you were because this was such a horrible thing to happen and i think that's yeah i think that really says a lot um and it's because this person who did this he wanted to inflict fear he hated the community to the to such an extent that he wanted to you know inflict fear onto the people of the community he was so involved and so determined to do that and i think it 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 had the complete opposite effect i think it really it really brought us together it showcased how the community has been treated um yeah. for you know the entire existence of the lgbt community this this has been going on forever and i think it finally opened so many people's um, eyes and i think if anything the whole um like obviously this was a horrible event and i wish that it never happened but um on the like i would say like the only like on the bright side i feel like it really brought people together and yeah. it, it really showcased the um just the fact that that you know we are all of this and together we are humans we are people mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think it really i i think people had a very hard time humanizing the community before mm -hmm. then and i think it really helped with that and understanding that wow like this happens people go to this extent because they feel one way or the other about the community. And so it was really, really important and such a, um, a, a huge deal for many. And I, yeah, it definitely had the opposite effect. I think people were upset, people came together and it really, it really was such a beautiful thing to be able to you know, push forward. And I feel like that was such a big you know, push forward for the community. Absolutely. And I mean, you you summed it up really well. It's horrible that it had to happen, but so much good, including, you know, um, my purpose came from it. So just yeah. goes to show. Yeah. Well, on that note, I just want to say thank you so much for just taking your time and opening up and, you know, being so expressive. I know we've been here and speaking for quite a long time but honestly every word that you said every every ounce of it like I it's it's so beautiful to hear your story to hear everything that you're you know you've gone through and all your struggles and you really were so open and honest about everything and I just want to say a big thank you for coming on today's episode yeah, thank you very much. yeah and so before we obviously wrap this up um I 
do you want to talk a little bit about a film that you're working on? We've, you know, done some research and we see that um, there's something uh, or a film called Queen that you're working on. And I just wanted to know if you wanted to speak about it or any final plugs you want to do, because I'm really interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. Queen will be um, a feature film that tackles a coming of age high school story with a trans lead. It is that movie that I always wanted as a child where I was watching, you know, She's All That and Clueless and Mean Girls and all these classic prom or homecoming stories. But this one will have a trans lead and have a trans woman winning prom queen, which happens to be based on my story, which is very cool. And I've been working on this project a very long time, uh, three years, actually a little bit over now. And I'm really, really, really happy to see it coming into fruition. And it's still in baby steps of pre-production, but it's getting produced. And and that's the most important part. And we're very, very, very excited about bringing a story um, like this to the world that's so important that we really don't have. Uh, we feel it's really going to be a, the first of its kind, be quite seminal and and make a really big impact. And I'm very excited for that. And in the meantime, just... I work, I'm working on growing my following. I think that social media, although quite damaging, has a lot of um, positive aspects to it. And that is um, the ability for people to connect and find each other and learn from each other. And for me and my page, that is me and my trans experience. And so I'm just working on that and being a little bit of an influencer <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and making sure that all of my projects are as um, inclusive and positive and educational as possible. Yeah. So are you active on Instagram, Twitter? Do you want to uh, mention any of your handles or anything like that? Yeah, I'm definitely active on Instagram. My handle is I'm Corey Ray. I'm quasi active on Twitter and Facebook, but my main social media page is definitely Instagram. You can also read any of my blog posts or the interviews that I conduct with uh, LGBTQ plus individuals on my website, which is coreyray.com. And also check out my column on Stylecaster. It's once a month and they cover everything from dating, fashion, sex, apps, uh, lifestyle, beauty, fitness, all of the above. So check it out. Yeah, I definitely recommend you guys check go on her website because I've found so many like interesting things, so many great like um just like blog posts, and I I read so many incredible things from there, and I think yeah. more people should go on there and and read everything that that you have and that you've written because you have such a beautiful voice and everything that you say is so important. So I definitely think that all of you guys should go check her out, go support her, go do all that, all that fun stuff because she definitely deserves it. And we're so thankful to have you on today. Thank you. I'm so, so, so happy to have this wonderful conversation. It's so uh, rare to be able to have such open and honest conversations, especially within the community with, with uh, wonderful trans women. So thank you for having me on. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, of course. We are very happy to have you as our first official guest of the podcast. And I know the audience listening definitely is going to enjoy this conversation. Um, So that is pretty much it for this episode. I really do hope you guys enjoyed. Like she was mentioning, do follow Corey Ray on all of her social medias, blog posts, all that type of stuff. You can also follow us at Girlish Podcast on Instagram if you would like to. And as always, we will see you next week with another episode. Again, thank you, Corey. 
Love this episode. It was amazing. Thank you. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.